chapter 7. We're going to go to 1 Samuel 18. And we're going to read verses 1 through 5. And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would let him go no more home to his father's house. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garments, even to his sword and to his bow and to his girdle. <clears throat> and David went out whithersoever Saul sent him and behaved himself wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. So we're going to talk today about knit together with the sun. Being knit together with the sun. Father, thank you so much again for this time to come before you, Lord, and to be able to learn of your word. I pray that you would just help us, God, to listen to what you would say to us today, Lord, that we may be able to be drawn closer to you, Father. I pray you will anoint us all, Lord, that whatever we need today, Lord, whether it's a deliverance or, or more of you in our lives, God, or just salvation, whatever it is that we're needing today, I know that no matter what we talk about, you can minister to those needs. Lord, you can just come in with your mighty hand and you can touch each and every need no matter what we talk about no matter what we say no matter what we hear you're here and you are here to minister it's who you are you're going to help us thank you father for that and i just pray your anointing and your presence would be here amen so this chapter is right after david has fought goliath and defeated him so i know that you guys know that story because that's a very uh, popular story. Sometimes some of these uh, stories I go to in the Bible and passages, I'm like, well, I'm not sure they're familiar with this. But I know you're familiar with uh, David and Goliath. So this is right after that. David has killed Goliath, and uh, Saul has found out who David is and has brought him, has spoken with him, and he's, he's bringing him to his house here. So... Uh, after David got done speaking with Saul, because Saul wanted to talk to him, he just won this great victory for the army uh, of the Israelites. So Saul wants to talk to him. So Saul speaks with him, and after he gets done talking with David, David comes to Jonathan, which is Saul's son. So David comes to Jonathan, and it says that their souls, uh, he loved him more than his own soul. Jonathan loved David. Their souls were knit together. And so... Um, their souls were knit together, and then Jonathan does something here. He takes, he gives him everything that he's basically wearing, everything that, that makes him a prince. He takes it off and gives it to David and lays it down for David and says, here, here you go. Here is my robe. Here is my garments, my sword, and my girdle. So we're going to look individually at each of these things and what they... Uh, what they meant to Jonathan. So let's look at that. The robe was an important part of the clothing worn by key classes of persons in Israel and the ancient Middle East. The robe told of what class he was from. Therefore, 
how he was to be treated and also how he was to treat others. It showed what he did and what you could expect from him. This word is also used in a figurative sense, uh, the same word used here, of the character and attributes of the Lord. So what it's saying here, as far as his robe goes, it's saying that you could tell he was a prince by looking at his robe. You could be like, oh, he, he is a prince. That's, that's who he is. So since he's a prince, I should treat him with respect. And also, since he's a prince, he should treat others with respect. Because we do hold people that are in a higher office or a higher power. We hold them to a bit of a higher standard. You would expect somebody that is in a higher officer, such as the president or a senator or whatever, your pastor. You, since they, they, they wear that robe, they are in that office, you're going to expect them to even treat you with a certain degree of respect. You're not like if, if a homeless person or, uh, and I'm not talking down about people's situations or anything like that, or just a random person on the street is rude to you or does something that you're just like, oh my goodness, you're like, you don't expect as much out of them. But if you knew who, who they were by their robe, if you saw Brad or president or president or a senator acting in such a way, you'll be like, no, they shouldn't act like that. They wear that robe. I expect more out of them. They are to treat others with more respect than that. So that is what uh, Jonathan is wearing in, in the sense of his robe. He, it is showing who he is and how he is to be treated and how he is to treat others. And then he gives him his garments also. Uh, it refers to just garments in general, an outer garment, a military uniform or attire, and priestly garments. In some places in scripture, it also has the meaning of apportionment or measure in some contexts. So the clothes that he wore, which signified who he was and what station he had in life, was actually showing uh, how much he was worth or maybe how wealthy he was. So by his garments, you could tell that he had plenty of resources. You could tell that he, he measured up. He had uh, enough uh, in, uh, in material things and everything. It was showing what, what he was. So then he also gives him his sword and his bow. So a sword is, uh, the, the word frequently pictures the sword along with the bow and shield as the standard fighting equipment of the times. And a bow is one of the most common weapons of war in antiquity. So Jonathan, we can tell here that he was a man of war because he had his weapons with him. Uh, He carried both of these weapons and laying them down to David definitely meant that he trusted David not to attack him. So he was putting his trust in David in that sense because he was laying his weapons down. He's saying, you know what? I don't need these when I'm in your presence. I don't need these because I'm going to lay them down and I know that I trust you and I know you're not going to attack me. Our souls are knit together. So here are my weapons. I I am not going to attack you and I trust you that you're not going to attack me. He had the utmost confidence in David. And then he also lays down his girdle, which is a sash or a belt. It also talked about it being like a loincloth. But I think that uh, a lot of what, sh- what I picture whenever it's talking about that is like that big band and then they would like tie it, you know, and the, the, the fringes and stuff would hang down. So that's kind of what I'm thinking when they talk about a girdle here. A sash or a belt, and it was a regular feature of Israelite clothing. It was a valuable and desirable part of a soldier's military uniform. To put on a military belt was to prepare 
for war. Jonathan gave David his girdle, which was something he had probably earned the right to wear, being that he was a man of war and he was good at it. He gave the thing that he had worked so hard for and had earned. And also, by laying down this thing that he wore to war, he was... uh, saying that he was at peace in that moment, and he was beckoning David to the same thing. He was completely at peace. He was not needing to have this girdle on to go fight. He was at peace, and he was beckoning David to be at peace with him at the same time. And so just to uh, highlight this military belt... was a a valuable and desirable part of a soldier's military uniform. And so since Jonathan, uh, later on in scripture, it talks a lot about how Jonathan did go to war with his father. And by reading the scriptures, it sounds like he was good at it. So this thing was valuable. He had earned this, this girdle, but he's giving it to David and he's laying it down and saying, here, this is something that I've worked so hard for, but I'm, I'm laying this down and giving it to you. So after all this happens, it says that David did whatever Saul told him to do. Saul being Jonathan's father. Saul set David up over men of war and David behaves himself wisely and did exactly as he was told. So all that being said, we're going to talk about us now. That is exactly what Jesus, the son, has done for us. After we have given ourselves over to God and received salvation, we are knit together with Jesus. We speak to the Father and we say, Father, I've sinned and I want to be saved by what Jesus did on the cross. And so after we get done speaking with the Father, we become knit with the Son like David was knit with Saul's son. We become knit together. And then Jesus gives us everything of his own to make us in the image of him. He gives us his robe his garments, his sword, his bow, and his girdle. So we already broke down what that meant and what that was for David and Jonathan, but now let's see what the Lord has for us in examining examining these items in a spiritual aspect. So Jesus gives us his robe. He gives us his robe of righteousness, and that... uh, Jesus gives us his robe of righteousness that everything that he has and is applies for us. So giving us his robe means he gives us who he is, what his character is, what his will is, how he acts and talks, and so on. Basically, everything that Jesus is, he gives us in that robe. He says, you know what? You're mine now. You've given yourself over to me. We are going to be knit together, and I want you to have my robe. Put on this robe, and you will put on righteousness. Put on this robe, and you will have my grace. Put on this robe, and you will have my, my, my mercy, and you will have my compassion. You will have my way of speaking. You will have my way of talking. You will have my way of spiritual discernment. By putting on this robe, by putting on my salvation, this robe of righteousness, that is what you will have. We are able to become the person that he is because he has taken off his robe and graciously extended it to us that we may become him. And how did he do this? You know how he did this, by dying on the cross. He died on the cross and he he won that battle. He rose from the grave in three days. He has done this. He has overcome. And that is how he is able to offer us this awesome robe of righteousness and what a wonderful thing that he has graciously extended it to us he has given it to us this 
precious garment. Can you imagine even Jonathan giving that to David? Jonathan was a prince. He was the king's son, and he was sharing that title with David. He was saying, here, I want you to come here. I want you to take this robe. I want you to be who I am. I want you to, to, to join me in this. And that is what Jesus says to us. The, the awesome victory that he has sitting at the right hand of the Father, he gives to us in this robe. He says, here you go. I want you to live like I, want, like I lived. And that is why we cannot glory in ourselves in the Christian walk. That's why we can't look down our noses at somebody else. That's why we can't say... I don't know why they're not walking straight or living the Christian life. You can't say that because it's not you anyway. You have no right to look down at somebody else because when you do right, it's not you doing it. It's Jesus. So that's why it's just so important in this Christian walk that we have compassion on other people that are down and not not doing as well. And I've actually felt that way. Sometimes I just crave and 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 want you so bad i want you guys to experience worshiping the father experience worshiping jesus and to get in because i have experienced a level of worship a level of maturity in christ that i desire so much to give it to you so much i want to create this atmosphere in here that you guys will hunger for the spirit of god that you won't just sit there looking all confused about the things of of the spirit and the things of Christ, but that you will desire it and that you will step into that. And I hope I never bring you down trying to compel you to that. I'm not trying to beat you over the head and say, come on, do something. It may look like that. And I'm sorry if I've ever given that impression or I've even done that. Lord, help me to not be that way. But I want you to walk on. I want you to get closer to him. I want you to desire him. That is my vision for you guys. My vision is that you will go on in your walk with God. You will go on in your walk with Christ and that you won't stay where you're at. Staying where you're at is stagnant. It's death. Staying, not moving on in the spirit is the same as not being in the spirit at all because the Lord always has something more for us. I've noticed that in my life. He's led me step by step by step into things deeper and closer to him and more radical and more dramatic to where I'm like, wow, Lord, I don't know what you're going to do in 10 years, but I don't know what what it's going to be because you keep drawing me. You keep taking me deeper. So let me get back to where we're at. We're going to run completely out of time. Everything we are and will become is because of who Christ is. So we cannot take any credit for our lives. When you see good in me, you must know that it was Christ who put it there. If you like me, if you love me, if you think I've done something good or something right or you like what I've said, you better give that glory to Christ because I can't take credit for it. The flesh only has death. Only Christ is the good inside of me. So the garments, Jesus has given us the garments of who he is. The fact that he shares his title with us in that we get to be sons and daughters of God. So I don't know about you, but sometimes when it seems like someone is trying to move in a little bit on my parents, like call them mom or dad or something like that, you know, sometimes I can get a little, hey, they're my parents, you know, they're not your parents. I can get a little like that. And I shouldn't be that way. Lord, help me. I should be as sharing and compassionate as Christ is. But Jesus didn't do that with us. He didn't say, hey, this is my father. 
My father, not yours. He didn't say that. He opened his arms wide open and died on the cross that we may become the sons and daughters of God as well. He opened the door for us. Uh, he handed that down to us. Romans eight seventeen says, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. We are joint heirs with Christ. Christ is sharing his inheritance with us. He paid the debt. He overcame sin. He conquered the grave. He did all of that. And yet he shares it with us. He says, you know what? This isn't all for me. I'm not going to scrape all this in and keep it to myself. I'm going to extend it out to you that you may be an heir of the inheritance with God. As well. So the sword and the bow, Jesus has given us his weapons of war. He has not left us helpless and empty handed. He has given us what we need to face this life that he has called us to do. And also, he is able to lay down these weapons of war for us because he has already defeated the foe and he has peace. He does not need his sword or his bow anymore. He lays them down for us, knowing that he can do that since his work has been finished. He lays down the weapons that he used to defeat the enemy, the keys to death, hell, and the grave that he got. He, he has those, and he lays them down for us to be able to take up and finish this race. The girdle, he gives us his girdle knowing that all the war is won, and we st- but we still need to face battles. We need to be girded with the sash of war at all times and be ready to face this defeated enemy. Although the enemy is defeated, although Christ has got the victory over death and, 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 and Satan and, and, and the grave, although he has victory over that, we are still living here. We are still facing some of those things. We can have trust and peace and faith knowing that he He has defeated them, but we also must continue to walk in that. And he gives us weapons of war to be able to face this. But while we take up the girdle, we must remember that Jesus is at peace. And he is no longer wearing that girdle of war. But we can be at peace knowing that we are wearing it ourselves. He has conquered all and defeated all. And we can be at rest knowing this even as we fight. So, by Christ giving us each and every individual item here, we can see that he has set us up to be heirs with him in the inheritance that God has for him. We are allowed to come alongside Jesus and be joint heirs with him. That is what Christ did in the plan of salvation. He not only paid our way to heaven, but he shares his inheritance with us. In dying on the cross, Jesus was stripped of everything, that we may have everything that we need to make this life for him work. We do not have to fear about what is to come or what we are to face. All we have to do is trust his plan of grace. And I hope you trust his plan of grace today. I hope you're trusting in what he has for you. He has so much more. He has so much more. Even for me, I can speak this to myself, but in our walk with him, he has so much more for you in your next step. He has so much more for you in your next 20 steps. He has so much more for you in the next three miles that you have to walk with him. If you'll just keep taking those steps, if he speaks to you and you step out, keep stepping. He has more for you. He has more in what he wants you to do, in what he wants to accomplish in you, in what he wants you to do for his 
his kingdom. He has that for you. He has this guided plan for your life. And if you would just step out and be knit together with the son, if you will take up these items that he's offering you, his righteousness, his glory, his compassion, if you will take these things up to you, uh, to yourself and allow yourself to be knit together with him, then what, what amazing thing is he going to do in your life? What will stop you from being the man or woman of God that you are going to become in him? He may set us up just like Saul set David up over men of war. He may set you up and have you go to battle. But whatever it is he has us to do, we cannot do it without being knit together with the Son. We must be in his likeness that we, that we care and that we are a joint heir with him. Do as the Father commands you to do, whether it's scary or whether it may be hard or maybe it seems lame. Maybe it just seems mundane and you're like, why would you have me to do this day in and day out, Lord? I don't really want to do this. Or maybe it's so scary that you're like, oh, I don't want to do that, God. Don't make me take this next step. But whatever it is that he has called you to do, be faithful in that and do what he has called you to do. But remember, you must be knit together with the Son and allow yourself to be so intimately connected with Jesus that you love him as your own soul. You love him more than your very own life because because he is your Lord and your Savior and your Master. So I'm going to go ahead and pray over us. We don't have time for a song. I just want us to go ahead and just really examine your heart as we pray and look at what step the Lord would have you to take. Look at your life. Do you need to be knit together with the Son? Examine your walk with Him. Do you need to repent of anything? Allow His goodness to draw you in today. Father, thank you so much for this time and letting us be able to listen to your word. I pray that your word was delivered in the manner that you would have it to be. God, I pray you will touch each and every heart, Lord. I know, God, I know you have a plan for each life in this room, but we must submit to that plan. We must be willing to take up what you have given us and to live in the life of Christ. Please, Father, please speak to these young people, God. Please, Lord, the day, the times, God, we're we're, we're nearing the end. Let us have a mind to worship, a mind to serve, and a mind of Christ, God. Let us walk in in your glory and your power and in your spirit. I pray that you will just touch us, Lord, and let us love you, Father. We just worship you today, God. Go with us as we leave this place and be with us as we're in the sanctuary today. Let us lift up a song of praise to your mighty name. We love you. Amen.